0: Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas with your host Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton.
1: And we're back with the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to today's episode. This is episode 225, 225. I'm your host Josh Shelton, my friend and co-host Ryan Ray. Ryan, Gas prices are up. We got people complaining. We got stuff trending on Twitter. It's a it's a good day to be in the oil business.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Eighty four eleven WTI this morning. Eighty four eleven Brent. Eighty four forty six. It's uh, it's interesting. Interesting times. And your boy Joe Biden is speaking this morning as well. So. uh, I think he'll be speaking during the recording of this podcast. So I'm not exactly sure what he's going to say. Um, well, uh,
1: nobody's going to know. They're all tuned in.
0: <laughs> we couldn't make it a minute without you making a Brandon joke. We couldn't, make, <laughs> we couldn't make it a full minute. Couldn't make it a full minute. Oh, So anyways, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. We got a guest, uh, Reed Goodman, coming on here in just a few minutes. So uh, a lot... A lot going on.
1: Well, let's uh, let's jump into a couple of stories before Reed makes it. Uh, i are telling you where this thing's going to go when he gets on here. Uh, so the, there's a CNBC article that came out today. Uh, well, actually yesterday. Oil rises on demand outlook despite China fuel reserves release. Uh, so we talked a little bit earlier this year about China's reserves, and we were curious how that was going to impact oil and gas prices. Um, it looks like the demand outlook is pushing prices up in spite of that release from China. So it seems that uh, oil is going to be safely hovering around this price through the end of the year. I, I think that would be, uh, I'd take that bet uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, and a quick shout out to, Cody and Victor this morning out in the oil patch, um, the show is live on LinkedIn and YouTube. If you didn't know that, that being said Josh, yeah, um, what, what are we going to see? We're going to have to see a curtailing of demand to slow down the prices or at least get them to level off. And I was on Twitter this morning, as you mentioned, and, I saw some of the forecasts are you know going up to I think 120 in the next couple months. You know they're they're, they're pushing because there's they're just not a. It doesn't appear that there are um, any any slowdowns to come. Now that could change, obviously, but that's this. Uh, let's see here. Um, this is Goldman Sachs. This is from. Um, Javier Blas, four hours ago. He says, we estimate that old demand is nearing 100 million barrels a day. It's pre-COVID level. With winter seasonality and the recovering in international jet demand set to bring demand to record highs by early next year. Now, I'm old enough to remember, Josh, last year when they told us that we would never see we would never see pre-COVID demand levels. Mm-hmm. I'm old enough to remember that. Are you? Are you, you remember that? Yeah, I do. It was done. It was history. It's over.
1: Yeah, and... It looks pretty solid too, Ryan. Because um, we have—I mean, part of the CNBC article mentions a November fourth meeting with OPEC Plus, and they are expecting to stick to their their numbers as well. Uh, now, that is one piece that could become volatile if they were to move um, or up their production more than expected. Um, that's basically the only variable that I could see that could move this much, and I don't know—I don't know how much they would be able to move it. Honestly, at this point.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, various countries have. Uh, I think the Saudis could obviously make a significant difference in there, um, you know, if they, if they wanted to increase production. Um, and, but we're going to get through winter and then we're going to hit Q1. And that's what we keep talking about. What's going to happen Q1, 2022? Will we see um, the U.S. producers putting rigs out there? You know, um, and I don't know. I, I've kind of heard talking to people offline since our podcast last week. I kind of heard some mix, mix, mix signals, you know, not from actual oil and gas companies, but for, for vendors, um, the vendors I talked to were not sitting there like, Oh man, you know, we expect to be blowing and going next year. We're, we're a little bit concerned that the work's going to increase some, but not a lot. So I'm curious for our listeners shoot us a note, let's know what you're hearing because, uh, kind of getting mixed signals. So of course that's going to be driven by the producer and the midstream company, you know, what, what they're, who they're working for. So it's not necessarily encompassing of the industry, but, at $85 hour oil, you would be expecting to hear, you know, we're about to blow the doors off this thing. And that's, that's just not what I'm hearing from the service companies. That doesn't mean that's the way it is. It's just not the, the vibe I'm getting right now.
1: Uh, Ryan, there is a, another article. This one's actually a few days old. Um, this one is from the 25th of October. Uh And the the title of this one is uh, Biden has few options to combat surging gas prices as voters grow concerned about
0: Mm -hmm. inflation. He's got Uh, one. He's got one. Come on this podcast. That's, that's the best. That's, that's the best thing he could do. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you'd have gas back to a dollar. Oh, we'd be giving it away. We'd be having to give it away. But in all seriousness, you know, he does have an option, right? He can't force the companies per se um, but he can roll back some regulatory stuff and he could come out and just publicly take the side of oil and gas. And in a speech he, this weekend, I heard him talking about some stuff. It makes you wonder if he's going to have to roll back some of his, his rhetoric because it didn't, he didn't, he talked about the necessity for a uh, gasoline. And so it makes you wonder if we're going to hear more from the administration to kind of roll back some of that pressure because it doesn't necessarily result in investors willing to come back to the oil and gas industry, but it would make you would think at least some people feel um, less burdensome or less, less concerned about the, the public sentiment. Um, but then, you know, if you're an investor, you got to think, okay, if I put money into oil and gas uh, the Biden administration's on my side for now, but will they be, you know, come midterms or, you know, in re-election? So that's gotta be weighing in there. Speaking of really smart people who say a lot of smart things, I think we got a guy in the green room that, that knows that look, 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 look at this guy.
1: Look, look at this guy reed goodman come
0: on down hey how are y'all today
1: i'm hey, good reed
0: where are you Man. in with that spiffy jacket on you up in like montana or somewhere oh no
2: no i'm just in the oh i guess i gotta go the right way on the camera um yeah i'm
0: i'm in bernie today we got a nice little cool front come through bernie bernie there you go well reed we were just talking about word on the street is that we've been hearing from various service companies that? Um, uh oh, hold on one second. I got a, I got a two year old with me. <laughs> Let me send him inside real quick. What are,
2: various service companies?
0: Yeah, service companies that are saying that they're not hearing a lot of optimistic news going to next year. What are you guys hearing?
2: Uh, that's you know that's the same for us. They're picking up a little bit for uh q1 just kind of the normal q1 spending but we haven't seen anybody drastically increase their budget or anything like that and so um you know not picking up a whole lot of rigs not adding much to their frack fleet um has kind of been the the story that we've been getting and so um in some regards that's frustrating right because we would expect oil being 85 dollars a barrel that uh everybody be blowing and going but it just hasn't been there yet, so, uh,
0: yeah. So, is it? I mean, when does when do you think we cross over that that threshold from folks aren't going to drill to they are going to drill? Like at some point, we have to cross over, right? We can't keep seeing higher prices and rigs not going out there. And I'm talking about one or two rigs. I'm talking about significant increases in rigs. Yeah, certainly. I don't know where that breakover point is, but there has to be a point,
2: right? At at which you know, a lot of it, um, I think is, is money. They don't have the money to drill or they don't have the investment money coming in. They don't have the backing there. And, um, you know, people want to work the ESG and say that they don't want to be in oil and gas. Well, at some point, I don't care how strong your ESG sentiment is. The money looks so good. You're going to start drilling again. Um, and I don't know exactly where that point is. Um, I think at $85 a barrel, we'd be kind of getting there, but you know, We've seen the recount drop in the last couple of weeks, um, you know, instead of consistent growth. And so uh, kind of frustrating, uh, especially on the service side. So,
1: Well, they're saying, uh, Reed, that oil prices may be reaching as high as 120 a barrel by the end of the year. I mean, I think it would be a safe estimate of being around 100 surely there's going to be companies that start to invest pretty big bucks in the, in the industry. If we get over a hundred a barrel.
2: Yeah, you would certainly think so. Um, you know, on the, on the production side, um, I'd love to see it at hundred, 120 on the, on the service side, I think I'd like to see that too, but there comes a point at which, uh, you know, you then when you, when you get that high, you then have a real conundrum on the service side because one, you can't find hands two, you can't find product, uh, three, you know, all of your costs are going up. And so your margins are slim. And until we have that kind of price for six, eight, 12 months, it's hard to even raise our prices. Right. And so then we're working on a slim margin and all of our costs are going up and we're, you know, we're jumping through hoops to make everything happen. So it's kind of scary to think about uh, hundred to $120 oil. I really like where we're at at 85 and I think for us, if we get hold 85 for, you know, six, eight months, mm-hmm. it would it would build a lot of sentiment where people are are trusting in that number. But I, I think a lot of people are just, uh, you know, they're just scared it's not going to hold out and they don't want to get caught with their pants down again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, that sentiment. I think that's right. We're concerned because, you know, Josh and I were talking um, before we got on that I think Goldman Sachs, one of the big groups is saying that we're going to, we're almost back to pre COVID demand levels and we're expect to exceed that by Q1 of next year. Well, just last year they told us we'd never hit that again. Right. And so that's how wrong they were on that. Um, I mm-hmm. didn't truly think 85 dollar oil is going to happen this year. Not that I'm an analyst, but I didn't, I didn't think we'd see that. So, but you can see that if you're, if you've worked in the industry and you're uh, a hand or you're just an employee and you left last year, I talked to a guy the other day. He's really concerned about coming back because he doesn't know, you know, if I am I going to, you know, give up everything and you know get the money, get you know live that lifestyle, and then three months from now, four months from now, six months from now, I won't have the opportunity. I have to go back to you know where I'm from, work locally. Is that is that a are you seeing that pretty common across the industry? Um, people that left aren't wanting to come back, or are people excited, ready to go out there, and go to work?
2: Yeah, I think it I, I think it's the former of those two uh, scenarios that people had, you know, they gotten burned so hard uh, previously that we, we've always kind of in my family personally, right? We've always kind of said if I work for a year and I'm off a year, the money in the oil field can be so good that if you average the two of those out, it's like me working in some other industry. Mm-hmm. Right. And So we just hope that we have more good years than bad years. But financially, we plan that we're going to be off for some some period. Okay um people have been off and hurting for so long uh that it's really hard to get back into it and the instability i think and and what we see is that um people that do want to get in their their price point is so high that they're trying to make up for the last you know year year and a half that they were out um and it becomes hard to hire those hands so
0: yeah, and you know, we never really recovered from 2016, right? And that's the other thing. We, yeah. we kind of, we've kind of forgotten about that. We had 2016, then we had that downturn. And you know on this podcast, we preached for years that we just want stable prices. And it felt like at the beginning of 2020, we were kind of getting there. Like, okay, prices have been stabilized for a little while. Companies that are going to go away, they're going to go away. Companies get bought out, you're going to see all this transition. And then boom, COVID hit. So yeah, I think you you kind of have these events that have kind of just stacked upon each other. Uh, and folks are going to be gunshot. Even investors, you can't blame them for being gunshot too, because if they invest a bunch of money in oil and gas, ESG aside, um, while we're all sitting here like, oh, the prices are going to be high; they're going to be high forever. Maybe not. Maybe next year you do see a uh, uh, you know a correction again.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting to me because you know listening to um, <laughs> well of all people to listen to Ben Samuels the other day.
0: Saying no, that he well, thought that's, that that's a mistake. <laughs> that's that's a big mistake. But go ahead.
2: Saying that he thought that capital was flush uh, and that money was you know cheaper than it's ever been uh, and that there's plenty of it out there and that you know he was he was talking with you Ryan on the topic of you know starting a business that uh, might be a good time because there's a lot of money out there and I just don't see it. Um, I just don't see the money out there. I don't see the investment flowing um, on our end like it like it could be like it should be. Right. And so there's been there's so much opportunity now and there's been so much opportunity in the last 18 months to jump in. Um, and really, when you get into uh, the oil and gas space, I
0: just don't feel that it's flowing the way that that is called for. So. so what do you think about the ESG stuff? Last week, I mentioned that there's a group that's kind of asked me to work with them on carbon credits for producers. Um, and their thesis is, quite frankly, if you don't do it, you're just going to. You know, wither away and blow away and die. Like, if you don't get on it now, you're going to um, miss the boat. Do you think that smaller producers, especially, should figure out a way to get into to the ESG business, uh, carbon credits, whether that's some kind of um, repurposing of natural gas? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Um, yeah. So, I personally am a huge fan of repurposing natural gas. We're working on a project mining Bitcoin uh, off of a wellhead. And so, um i'm all about that now i don't think that our smaller producers are going to die if they don't uh adapt there i think they've always kind of had a niche place in which um they pick up stuff that's uneconomic for the big boys i think it's going to be huge for the big companies uh to have to you know their pressure and especially from the shareholders um you know to adapt in that way but i think as far as the small producers the independents uh you know in, in in texas in particular um I think there's still a lot of room for them to operate uh, a lot of these, um, older fields the way they are now with that being said, um, I've been working on a field out in Luling recently and, um, TCEQ has been flying a plane over this area and, and everybody knows when you drive to Luling, it smells terrible. Um, and that's cause so much of the casing gas, uh, just traditionally for the last hundred years has been, has been vented. It's not enough to, to capture. Um, They've been flying a plane over all these wells with a, a, uh, thermal imaging camera, you know, and, and tracking down which wells are the, the highest emitters of methane and whatnot. And so there's definitely some change, uh, in the industry. Um, with that said, I don't know that, that you're absolutely going to have to change to survive, but, um, it takes away some of your prospects for sure. Uh, some of the places you can operate.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, you think about putting investment in, um, you mentioned kind of repurposing gas. Do you think that we are, you know, for what you're hearing at least, um, people are investing in R and D? They're they're looking to develop new technologies, new products, or is that kind of one of those lost leaders that you know, last year when the when everybody everybody was losing their hat, they said, you know what, we can't afford to to figure out how to be more efficient or how to reduce costs.
2: Yeah. So. I can't speak for a lot of the large companies. Now I've, I've always said, uh, and probably on this podcast a couple of times that the companies like, uh, Halliburton and Baker Hughes, Slumberjay, um, they don't really innovate. They buy innovation. Um, and with that being said, our, our service company has really leaned into some new products, um, you know, and trying to make things more efficient and hit markets that aren't really being hit. And so, um, You know, I think the smaller companies have have doubled down and said, you know, there's room for us to to make our mark. Um, The bigger companies are just kind of trying to survive still. And uh, and with that, I think they'll buy up some of that innovation innovation going forward. And so, um, you know, I think that's been the trend for for a long time. And I don't see that changing much uh, that that we really, you know, as a smaller company, um, we don't have the red tape. And so we can go ahead and we can make those changes. We can adapt on the fly. We can build new ideas, uh, get them tested, get them proven, uh, and then get them to market. So,
0: so uh, was it two weeks? Two weeks ago, Josh, we got accused of being a, a right wing show. When was that was yeah, okay. Uh, so so three, we got accused of being a right wing show. So we want to bring on some more liberal guests. So Reid, we, we appreciate you coming on for that. well. We'll wrap it up with these last things. Um, we do have midterms coming up, and that is going to be a focus. Like when the calendar flips, we're today's uh, the first November. You have Thanksgiving, you have Christmas, and then primary season comes up. You know, do you think that's going to impact what we're going to see in the old patch next year? The primary races will will this make make people a little bit more hesitant? Um, do you think people will be you know willing to risk dollars going into a primary season? Obviously, if the Democrats hold, you would suspect that a more regulatory burden will be on the industry. But if the Republicans win, do you see something loosen up? Do you think that people will put the dollars out there, not knowing what will happen uh, November of next year?
2: Yeah. So a lot of uncertainty. Absolutely. Um, with that, you know, and I'm not an analyst, but there's a lot of ways to look at it that, um, you know, regulatory in the U S, but also every time we have, um, you know, more Democrats in our office, you um, Historically, we've always seen oil price go higher, right? And so what does that do internationally for, for the oil prices and, and how does that play into to what we see daily? And so it, there's so many factors that um, I think either way you could see oil um, have some benefit, right? So the oil and gas space, higher prices, obviously um, it's going to be more activity. But then a little less regulation makes it easier for us uh, here domestically. And so, um, as far as the investment side, um, I don't know. That's out of my wheelhouse, uh, Ryan. I, I'm good at spending the money. You're good at raising
0: the money. And uh, <laughs> let's just keep it that way. Well, okay. Democratic strategist Reed Goodman, once again, it was good to have you on uh, the podcast this week. <laughs> to balance out The Republican talking points that we always espouse, so um it's good to have you on no reed's not a democratic strategist publicly he, don't, he doesn't tell people that um no reed uh, it's good to have you on um also josh and i were wondering um when are we going fishing again just just curious when we might be going when we might so be- it's perfect
2: perfect time the stock tank at our house we put 400 catfish in last year in september so now they're perfect eating size y'all are welcome to bring the kids out We'll knock out a bunch of catfish. Now, as far as going and catching some reds at the coast, you know, oil
0: might have to hit 100, 120 before we can really manage that one again. I just want to know how we get for you to pay for me to go fishing again. That's really my concern. That's We need to put a little yeah. wager on this thing. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, i will have to think that up and get back to you. All uh-huh. right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's good to talk to you buddy yep think about a bet. we do, we do need to get another trip on the books for next year um where can people find you and what you guys got going on
2: uh yeah so we've got a ton of stuff going on we've got tarpon oil tools uh, that's tarponoiltools.com um i've pretty much gotten off of all social media just to spend more time with my family so um you know, the website there, we do have, a uh, Clarabelle Cattle Company. Um, you know, we're raising grass-fed, grass-finished and grain-fed, uh, uh grass-fed, grain-finished beef. Uh, that's clarabellcattlecompany.com. Um, both of those are also on Facebook. Um, so y'all can reach out there, uh, to either of those. And so, uh, oil and cattle, two passions,
0: uh, that I love. All right, Reed. Well, was good to talk to you again, and uh, thanks for bringing the kids along. Spice it up a little bit. So Josh <laughs> nice and I are so dry. We need a little, little, little levity on this podcast sometimes. So. Yeah, absolutely.
2: All right, brother. Well, thanks a for coming. Little, on. little, youth. you, you yeah. guys are a little older, you know. I'm we are. You.
0: Listen, I got, I got gray in the goatee, so it's. Uh, we y'all right.
2: been doing this five years now. When you started yeah. out, you know, you were you were nice and spry, and now it's. it's uh, it's a whole
0: new world when you get up there in age. We're crusty old veterans. Crusty old <laughs> veterans. So it's, uh, it is a, it is a whole new world. Just to think of all the ups and downs since we started this podcast is it's crazy. So uh, uh, It really has been. It has been. All right, brother. Well, thanks for coming on again. And uh, folks, be sure to check out Reed. He does mediocre work, I think is how we put it. Right, Reed? You know...
2: I, I'm not going to get into this right now. But y'all been trying to get me off for two or three minutes already. That's a long conversation hey, about listen, the kind of work I do. The first time
0: you ever came on this podcast, you railed on me, okay? I'm still bitter <laughs> about that. I'm still bitter <laughs> about that, okay? So anytime you come on, shots are going to be fired. So all right, I, do, I do excellent
2: work when I'm working. Let's just put it that way. That's a good caveat. Yeah. yeah that's the key to win. <laughs> win. All right, brother. Thanks, Reed. Thanks, guys. Bye.
0: All right, good to get Reed back on, uh, Democratic strategist and, <laughs> and progressive Reed Goodman. All right, Ron. So
1: uh, one little thing here. So this article that I was talking about, CNBC gas oh, hold, 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 hold on,
0: real quick. We see see Reed's saying the same thing we're hearing. So if you're yeah. hearing something different, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, you know, to give names or anything, just shoot us a note, and let's uh, what you're hearing because. That's the vibe we're getting, and that's not a. It's not a good. It's weird, right? The prices are good, things are up, but that's not the good vibe from the industry. So,
1: yeah. Uh, so this uh, this article talks about Biden's options for gas prices going up amid concerns of growing inflation. Uh, now I know that the uh, the Biden administration is saying that inflation is going to be back to manageable levels by second quarter 2022 i guess that's just in terms of midterms all right um they're saying that inflation is going to be manageable by that time but there's um there's a a couple of things that was noted in this article that i thought was pretty interesting because cnbc is typically uh not so tough on on some of these issues so uh one of the things they quote uh merle uh liz merle who's the state solicitor general uh for louisiana And, uh, the quote was, I don't think that the administration can create a problem and then declare an emergency arising from the problem it created. That's not an emergency. That's a problem you created yourself. And that's about the drilling ban that they gave to Louisiana and Louisiana was actually trying to file a suit against them for that. Um, so interesting things going on right now, as a lot of these States are a little frustrated with the, the administration and the fact that we found ourselves in this position now. So uh, I don't know if that's politics. I don't know. I don't know how much of it is. is actually legitimate as well. So it's hard to tell, read between the lines.
0: All right. And we hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Good night. um, Halloween this weekend and got plenty of candy. Josh, you're somehow getting off again. You're off next week, which is, you know, it's good to see you back in your old form. You've been here a lot. You know, made a lot of shows recently. It's good to see you're back to where you used to be with just taking off on regular, regular vacation. So, um, you know, it's kind of like Reed. You know, when you work, you do good work. So that's good to know that you're... <laughs> you and him are two pieces of pod. Listeners, thank you as always. We have Jay Young. will be co-hosting next week. Jay Young. I'm sure he will be fired up about oil prices. And we'll, and with that, until next time, keep climbing.